Father God, Lord, I just thank you, um, God, for this vision, God. I thank you, Lord, for, Lord, I thank you for this, this vision that you put on our hearts, God. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to people today, God, people, people who are in the church, God, people who aren't maybe in the church, God, but uh, uh, listening on the podcast. God, I pray that even folk who are v- happen to be visiting, Lord, from another church, God, I just pray that there'd be something in this, God, Lord, that you would call them to a deeper place in you, Lord, that they would leave here, that we would all leave here, pump for the future, whether at our home churches or whether in this church, God, with our eyes fixed on you. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place and speak to us and excite us, God, that you're not just a God of going through the motions, God, but you're a God of increase, you're a God of progress, you're a God who wants to see his kingdom come. In your name, amen. Okay, guys, great, yeah, great to have everybody here. Um, We've been going through Acts forever, and we've just finished that last week, and now we're just doing this mini-series for this week and, and next week on vision, okay? And so today we're going to be covering part one of vision, which is, which is family. And what I want to do is go into, go into the vision. I want to unpack the vision for you guys. I'm, I'm also going to share a few things which aren't quite the vision, but they're important, very high-level statements. You could almost call it like a mission statement. You could call it that there's also like a reason to be. Why do we exist? They're good questions to ask us. And also something looking at our values, our values as a church. They're values that we have, that we are now, not things that we're aspiring to get to. And then the most, the bulk of today is going to be looking at the vision itself. So you know, my prayer through today is that you'll catch the vision, that you'll catch it in a way that is easy for you to communicate, easy to communicate, easy to say, easy to take hold of, that you'll know where we're going as a church and also who we're becoming as a church. And I just want to, I guess, take this moment just to say, you know, a vision isn't, or what I'm going to be sharing today is vision because the word vision is pretty broad, right? The vision isn't this short-term action plan, right? It's not like a business plan. It's um, some, we will have space for those kind of things, but that's not what I'm going to be sharing. We will create something like that, like the five-year goal, those kind of things, but that's, that's not what I'm going to be sharing as vision. It isn't about this specific plan. It's this larger vision of who Destiny Church Hong Kong is who we are. So let's get into it. Why vision? Why even have a vision, right? Why have a vision? Our God is a God of vision, isn't he? He is a God of vision. He's, he's the God of the big visions and the specific visions. He, he has plans, doesn't he? He's the God of increase. He's the God of the breakthrough. He wants to see things move along. He's the God who wants to work. He wants his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And he wants to do that through us, his people. He wants us to engage. He wants us to live out this life with him. But to move forward, we need to have vision, especially on the grand scale, because we need to know who we are. We need to know what we're about. The Bible says that where there is no vision, the people perish. Very famous verse, right? Without vision, we can get stuck in that trap of just going through these kind of religious motions where we go to church on a Sunday and go through this stuff, not knowing what we're about, not knowing where we're going. And when, you know, when Jesus came to earth, he didn't come with just kind of in this haphazard way, like, ah, just turn up and let's work out what to do. There was a specific reason, right? God sent him to the earth. It was planned out. It was prophesied 700 years before Jesus came. It was prophesied by Isaiah, right? Isaiah the prophet prophesied where he would be born, that he would be born to a virgin, that he proph- it prophesied how he would be born. It prophesied about the nature of his death and all these kinds of things. When Jesus started out on his ministry, he wasn't confused, was he? Remember, he goes to the synagogue near the beginning of his ministry and he reads, and he actually reads from the book of Isaiah, and he, he reads that, those verses that kind of is that declaration. We looked at it last week, that declaration, why he's there, why he came. 
remember where he says, I've come to proclaim freedom to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and all, and all that quote that he reads from Isaiah. When Jesus sends out his disciples, he doesn't say, good luck, like that. You know, he gives them the great commission. And we have that same great grand commission today. We have that. There is this big general mission. But then he speaks as well specifically to Peter, doesn't he? Speaks specifically to Paul. Says, go here, go there. And over history, the Lord has spoken and revealed vision and calling to so many different people in different places at different times to do different things to bring forward and advance the kingdom on the planet. He wants to do something awesome through people. Wants to do something awesome through us. And today, in the 21st century, the Lord is calling Destiny Church Hong Kong to be a specific vision, to a specific vision, to be a specific people. So if you're here today and Destiny Church is your home, you say, yeah, this is my church. You are part of this vision that I'm sharing. You are part of this vision. You are important for that vision. It's not like a, I don't know, it's not like someone has a vision for McDonald's, right? And we get to enjoy bits of the vision. McDonald's is terrible. Forget McDonald's, that's a bad one. But uh, I never go to McDonald's. Someone's lying. No, but um, it's different. It's not you get to come to church and enjoy a bit of that vision. You're in it. You're in it. You're important. In fact, if this is your church, you are essential. Because, you know, church isn't a building. This here, this meeting, this isn't church. It's a gathering of church because church is a people. It's a people, isn't it? God's people. God's people who he wants to work through, his agents, his ambassadors on the earth, that his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. You're essential to the vision of Destiny Church Hong Kong because you are Destiny Church Hong Kong. It isn't an organization, it is a people, it's you. So a bit of the background, uh, a decade ago, in 2009, in Edinburgh, you know, God began speaking to Jess and I about this, about Destiny Church Hong Kong. He began calling us to step out and plant and lead Destiny Church Hong Kong. And over time, he's revealed more and more bits to the vision. Okay, he doesn't just give it to you all, so that gets boring, right? Bit by bit, he reveals more. And he's going to continue to do that. And the thing, I think the thing I really want you guys to know or think, think about at right at the beginning of this, this two-part series on, on vision and the vision of the church is that it wasn't my idea or just our idea to come to Hong Kong. It wasn't our idea to plant a church, you know. We were just in this place where we were calling out to God and saying, use us, God, what do you have for us to do? What do you have for us to do? And he called us here. And so we came. So the vision of the church, it isn't really at, the, at its very foundation. It's not my vision or our vision, Jess and I's vision. It's not our vision for the church, it's his vision for his church. We're just being obedient to the things that we're hearing. You know, I'm sharing this because, and it's so easy to say, right? I never really, I never want you guys to think of Destiny Church Hong Kong as James and Jess's church, because if that's the case, it limits it. Because the, the church that needs to impact this area has to be, above all things, his church in all of our hearts, that it's his church bringing transformation. You know, sure, he called us here to plant it. He called us here to lead this thing, move things forward. But it's his church. So I just encourage you guys, don't have the mindset of it's like James and Jess's church and it's their vision for their church. No, guys, it's his vision for his church. The vision for Destiny Church Hong Kong is his vision. And understanding that it's his vision is significant because... I'm not inviting you guys into something to build like our just nice thing, our thing, our, our kingdom or something that we're, that we're invested in, right? It's something that we got involved in years ago, but it's his vision. 
I'm inviting you guys to get on board with that. And many of you guys got on board years ago. And I love that. I really love that. Uh, and I thank you for that because church planting, it isn't easy. I remember when we left, Pete said, there's nothing, there's nothing, if you're called to church planting, there's nothing greater, but also nothing harder that you can ever do. You know, for many of you guys that, especially if you, some of you guys remember back in the house when we were just in a house, hard, right? There are so many better options that you could have chosen. Right? So many better options. I remember when we were doing stuff and somehow we were using YouTube videos and having like inappropriate adverts popping up on like the projection screen. So it's like, no! Like that. Yeah. So. But those decisions, guys, it takes courageous faith to see something which isn't and say, yeah, I'm planting my stake there. I want to see this thing come forward. I see God working in this. I'm coming alongside you guys in the vision he's calling you into. And so before I get into vision itself, I just want to share a few of these other things I just mentioned, which are important. A good question to ask is why do we exist? What's the point of Destiny Church Hong Kong? Why do we exist? You know, when we arrived, it was quite, quite challenging, actually. All the pastors in Hong Kong were super, super encouraging, like, go for it. So and that was such a blessing. But we had a number of other folk who were... Would say, oh, why not? Don't bother starting a church. Why not join a church and help out with with what with what they're doing? But you know, before we left, I remember Pete taking Jess and I aside and saying, you know, guys, just remember when you go out there, when you go out there, there's a reason God's calling you two to go and do this specific thing that Hong Kong needs James and Jess to lead, specifically Destiny Church, to bring this thing, whatever it is, to be. Okay. There's something unique that as a church we need to bring to Hong Kong, otherwise God would have never said, go to Hong Kong. I'm just going to read a statement in a second, and um, you'll, you'll see some of the things over the Acts series as well that's really been speaking to the heart of the church coming through. But here, we exist because Hong Kong needs spirit-powered, gospel-revealing, kingdom-minded, disciple-making, local churches that plant churches. And a missions kind of a mission statement to sum a whole bunch of stuff up is a very, very high level. And you'll see, you'll see later how these all feed into vision. A very high level mission statement is for us to be an authentic, relevant, and significant church that sees the kingdom come in Hong Kong, Asia, and beyond. Okay. Authentic Authentic speaks to our relationship with God right? and with people, with each other. We want to be real. We want to be real. None of the Christian fluff. You know? we, we want people to come to this place because they discover a real, authentic, and raw relationship with the Almighty. That it's not just religious -y stuff, but it's, wow, I get, I've just discovered an authentic relationship with God relevant because relevant actually speaks to us engaging with culture it speaks to us engaging the city it speaks to us engaging asia the, the various places okay that we're actually relevant that we're not completely irrelevant just singing away in a kind of oh this is wonderful <laughs> kind of place and then actually when people come in there's nothing there's nothing for them it's completely irrelevant for their lives so it means being contemporary being a church that people outside the church see as important and dealing with important things dealing with things that are relevant for them and then significant speaks of our impact speaks of our impact we haven't come to start little things. You know, God calls, Jesus calls his people, you know, go to the ends of the earth, see the entire world transformed. The church is supposed to be significant. And so it speaks to the impact that we want to have. We want to be a church that's significant for the people in the church, that you guys in the church are like, wow, this is nuts. This is so good, you know, so good that it impacts you, but then also for people outside of the church. We want to make a significant impact in the city, in Hong Kong, in Asia and beyond. We want to be a church that if for some reason we were deleted, it disappeared overnight, the city would feel it, that the city would feel pain over it. Wow, there's such a loss to the city for all the good that they did in this place. 
So that's a heart. That's a future-looking heart. And then lastly, see the kingdom come. That's the most grand, big statement, in a sense, because that's the largest, most all-encompassing part of of that statement, because it speaks to a church, first and foremost, being focused on the presence of the king. Remember, see his kingdom come. We're not going to see the kingdom come unless we're focused on the king. Focused on the presence of the king. It speaks of that sozo, the, what we looked at a couple of weeks ago, the gospel being preached, people being saved, eternal life, but also people being healed, people experiencing fullness of life, abundant life here on the earth. It speaks of the lost one and the one winning in life. It speaks of people making Christ their king and coming into relationship with him. It speaks of an entire society and area transformed. People living kingdom-minded lives. It speaks of people moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. It speaks of peace coming. And ultimately, it speaks of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's the kingdom of God coming and filling this city and beyond. And then I just want to share seven values. These are values that I believe we hold right now. Right now. Pursuing the presence, this priority on intimacy with the king, gospel-centered, generous-hearted, courageous, radical faith, relationship-treasuring, authenticity, and loves the local church. Pursuing the presence, this is our highest value that we put our highest value on pursuing his presence, on intimacy with him. Because, you know, all other stuff, and you'll see this as I go into vision, all other stuff comes out of that place. Our ability to love others, right? Our clear side of the gospel, our generosity, our faith, moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, everything is impacted by our pursuit of the presence. All that stuff is impacted by our proximity to the Father. It's all impacted by us dwelling and being in his presence above all other things. It's our highest value. Gospel-centered, that we value the good news. We preach it every week. We preach it every week that we preach the cross, that everything is about Christ. But we see that the good news brings this sozo, brings this eternal life, salvation, but also healing. By his stripes you are healed. That he has come that you would have life and life in all its fullness, this abundant life. It's the abundant grace at the heart of the gospel, that that flows through us. And I see that in you guys, that that's at our core. Generous-hearted. You know, Jess and I often speak to each other and comment you guys in the church, so you're some of the most generous people we've ever met. In fact, some of the most generous people we've ever met are all in the church. Before coming to Hong Kong, it was actually before coming to Hong Kong, it was on my heart that we would be a resourcer as a church, would be a resourcer of places, a resourcer of ministries, a resourcer of people. And then before we left, someone gave us a word to say, you get Des- I really feel Destiny Church is going to be a resourcer of people. And just so spoke to me. And then we've turned up here and there's just a level of generosity here that is absolutely incredible. Jess and I have been blown away by by your guys' generosity. And I just love that that's part of our DNA. That's, that's part of who we are. And I love as well, it's not just towards us, but I see between each of you guys the, the time that you give each other. The, sometimes in situations, the resources and the finance that you bless each other with, that you guys are just so generous-hearted. That just When I was going through this, God just spoke so clearly to me that that is deep in our heart, deep in our value structure as a church. Then courageous, radical faith. Recently, a pastor said to me, James, as you grow, don't lose that radical faith that you started out with, that you set off with. You know, when when we, for those of you who don't know, when we moved here, we pretty much landed with not really anywhere solid to stay, no job, not much money, no idea about how to do anything. And it was just God said, go. So so we, we went. That's been very much the foundation of the church and it kind of has carried on some of you guys know the story of like just step stepping out and going full-time and god god's provision and these kind of things 
But what I love is I speak to you guys and I hear stories from your lives about how you're stepping out in different things, trusting God, where you're putting yourselves in situations where you're like, God, if you don't come through, if you don't catch me, I'm going to go splat. And I love that. I love that. You know, I love that you're trusting him more than money, where you're putting yourselves in situations where actually he's got to come through for your provision. And there's just been so many various stories from different ways that people have come to me and we've chatted and shared. And I've just, uh, I love this heart of courageous, radical faith. And I think we've got to hold that because, of, because whilst when we launched out here, Jess and I were the ones stepping out. Okay, it's just us two. And it can be like, okay, well, when you start, it's kind of risky, but then actually you get a load of people and there's more money and then it's okay and we sort it out. But actually, I really believe God's calling us as a church to be constantly putting ourselves in that same position where we're reaching for things that are outside our own ability. Even if we've got millions in the bank, what we should be hoping for is a place that we could never achieve by our own resources, that we can only achieve by trusting him and stepping into the impossible all the time. So that's what, guys, I believe that's very much part of our us as our DNA. And that stuff is scary. It's terrifying. But it excites me. I love it. It excites me. Relationship treasuring. Jess and I treasure you guys. We love you guys. We love you guys. You guys, you are family. And I don't mean that as a cliche. You really are family. And I love how you love each other. And I've seen that in this not very large church, just how much you treasure each other, how you treasure relationships with each other. And you know what? We're going to make mistakes. We're probably going to, there's going to be times where we upset each other. But with this heart of treasuring relationships, love will overrule. Love will carry us through. When we're focused on him first, if he's our priority, if we're dwelling in the presence of God, His love will rule in our hearts. And you need to know, guys, that you are in a place where you are treasured. You're in a place where you are treasured and where we treasure others. Why? Because we know what it's like to be ultimately treasured, right? We know what it's like to be ultimately treasured by him. And my hope is that this this environment, this value of treasuring relationships, people who come in from the outside who maybe have never been treasured in their lives will come into this place and experience people who treasure each other and who, even though they're a stranger coming in, will treasure them and be like, wow, what is this place? I feel so loved. I feel so treasured. Authenticity. You guys are so authentic, you know, and I love that. I love that. Sometimes maybe you guys are too authentic. That's a joke. That's a joke. You know, I love this no-fluff Christianity. This, we don't have to hide stuff. We say it. We say it in love. You know, that saying things, as long as it's surrounded by love and grace, it's strong, it's real, and it's awesome. As, you know, as we grow, I believe people, people from the world coming in looking for God have had too much fluff. Have, they don't see the real, the raw, the authentic, the, the getting real with stuff, life, that Christianity actually is. I want that, that we live in that way. I believe we do live in that way, but let's carry on living in that way. And lastly, loves the local church. I love church. I love the local church. We wouldn't be here if we didn't love the local church. We wouldn't be here if we didn't believe that the local church is the hope for planet Earth. And I know various folk have had journeys with church, up and down journeys, sometimes, you know, sometimes challenges with church. And I get that. I'm sorry if you've been hurt by church. But church is the apple of his eye. He loves his church. And I want to encourage you guys, keep that love. And I see, because of the commitment so many of you have given to church, that you love church too. God loves his bride, the church. And I tru- it is the hope for planet Earth. That's why we're here. That's why we're giving our lives to this thing. That's why we're about not just creating one thing, but seeing as many churches as possible planted across the Earth. So... I now want to get into vision. What we've just said 
who just said, why Hong Kong needs Destiny Church? I've said this kind of maybe like high-level mission statement, these seven core values that we are. And these quite specific things, or maybe conceptual things, they fit into, and they'll, you'll see how they make more sense, and they flow through this larger, more vivid vision. So I'm now going to turn to vision itself. This is the big detailed picture of who we are and who we're becoming. It's a vision narrative. It's a story. It's a story of Destiny Church Hong Kong. That all those things I've just shared, you'll see how they weave in to it. You'll see those various things I've shared coming out through the vision, through the life of actually living in this place. So our vision, this is really our core vision. You can actually see the vision video on our website. It's 10 minutes long, so I'm not going to play it for you now. Otherwise, we'll be here for at least three hours and 10 minutes. Our vision can be summed up in two words, family and harbor. So if you remember just two things from this two weeks, just remember family and harbor, okay? They're like the hooks, okay? It's family. And today I'm actually just going to go more into family. They're, they're two interconnected pictures that tell a story of who we are and who we're becoming. It doesn't speak, just to remind you, it doesn't speak of super detailed goals, specific projects that we want to run this, 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 and this. We want to do this. We're going to reach out to this specific area. That's a plan. We'll do that at some point. You know? Do that soon. It's not that. No, although vision will inform our decisions. Does it make sense in the vision? But it speaks about the heart of the church. It's this heartbeat of the church that in two years, 20 years, 200 years, be the same. It's this culture within the church of family and harbor. So I'm going to give you guys an overview of both, because I know maybe some of you guys aren't here next week, so we've got some visitors. An overview of both, family and harbor, and then focusing on family. Family speaks to us about our identity as the adopted children of God, God's family. Being a church family then, living from that place with the understanding that we're the family of God, inviting others into that place and demonstrating the life of that family, not just a random family, but the family of God into the world. Being this church community that is a real family, not because we're pursuing having some nice cozy community thing, but because we're pursuing him first. And we live in this new identity that we have in him as the family of God. It's this culture of family that's growing in us. So this spiritual reality of being the family of God must then impact our hearts for families, right? Can't be like, well, we've got an amazing family, but forget about the families, you know? Forget about the people suffering in their marriages. Forget about the, the people suffering in relationships. Forget about those guys. No. It's got to give us a heart for that. You know, so much brokenness in the world is in this area. So much brokenness is in this area. And I, I truly believe in one area, in one facet, to bring the kingdom to Hong Kong, Destiny Church Hong Kong, a call to impact Hong Kong in this area. And then this word harbor is a metaphorical picture of the life that Jesus is calling us to live as his family. Before we left the UK, we weren't really allowed to leave until, or advised to leave until we had some words of knowledge that God's really speaking to say, go, okay? And we, there was a bunch of people, like only one or two people knew about our heart at this time. And we were given a word during a conference by this guy called Liam Smith, who oversees all the work in mainland Europe of Destiny Church. And he said, he said, Destiny Church Hong Kong, you'll be like a fragrant harbor in the city pouring forth the fragrance of God. You guys know what Hong Kong means, right? Because you've all lived, you live here. But we went up to him and said, do you know what Hong Kong means in Cantonese? What it actually translates to it? He had no idea. So I said, it means fragrant harbor. It means the very word that, that you shared. And so for us at that time, it was this amazing confirmation. Like, okay, God, yes, we're going to the right place. But then over time, God has worked in us and spoken that just so much into our heart that it's become a picture 
of what God wants us to live like, wants us to be in this city. So let me speak briefly on Harbour. Harbour paints this beautiful picture of a place of life, of purpose, of industry, of commerce, of doing, but of resting, of fellowship and community, of rest and relaxation. I have this lovely picture of a tavern at night and just people laughing inside the tavern. But then you've also got all the fishing boats there floating. Those fishing boats going out onto the wild sea every, every week, out and back, coming back, going in and out, in and out, this rhythm of life. It tells of a place where great adventures and expeditions start. And they set out from, maybe never to come back. Harbors are places of training, of equipping, of building up, places of resourcing and provision to be sent out. Harbors are places that people live, don't they? they live in, some people live in a harbor their whole life. They live there. Some people just visit a harbor. Some people are passing through. Some people come to harbors and they return to harbors and they move around. Harbors are outward facing, don't they? If you've got a harbor that's close to the sea, it's not a harbor. It's a lake or something like that. It's not a harbor. Harbors are open. They're outward facing. They've got a mouth open to the sea, but they are also inward welcoming. If you think, we've been thinking of the harbour from standing in the harbour looking out and all the stuff, and the, the impact of the people in the harbour. The harbour as well is for the people who are out at sea in the storms. In the darkest of dark nights, as the storm rages all around, the harbour is a place of light, isn't it? Suddenly there in the darkness, there is a light that's shining. It is the refuge. For that sailor, it is the hope of salvation. And so harbours... They are the safe places, aren't they? They're the places where you can come into battered and broken and just rest and restore and be repaired and be built up. So guys, I'm going to go into harbour in depth next week. I love the picture God's given us for that. But that gives you this little overview, high level overview of the family harbour thing. This vision is a story. You see that? It's a narrative. It's this great adventure that God is calling us to live in, to be, to embrace. And so today I'm going to focus on family and we're going to unpack that. And I just want to start by sharing some verses. Okay. Ephesians 1.5 says, God decided in advance to adopt, adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. It gave him great pleasure. I'm not just saying we're the family of God and this thing family simply because it seems like a nice phrase. The Bible says we are literally the family of God. 1 John 3, 1a, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are, children of God. Amazing. And lastly, John 1, 9 to 12, it says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Amazing. Amazing. That is, that's mind-blowing, that we're called the family of God, that we're called the children of God. And I believe this, especially this first part, even if you're visiting and you don't call this your home, this can transform your life. Yeah. That we guys would be a church that really understands our identity, identity as the children of God, God's family here in this place. That is the starting point. It's the core point of this vision of family. It's the starting point. In fact, it's the starting point even of harbor because we can't even live out that life until we get this. 
See, that's a church that above all things is focused on him, that we value his presence above everything else, being in his presence. You know, we're only going to truly discover who we are as we journey into God. And more and more, we will see ourselves as he sees us, as he sees us, not as we see each other or as the world says that we are, but as he sees us, our identity will be totally defined by him. Nothing else. That's a healthy church. That's a healthy church where the group, the, the people, the gathering in the church know their identity in him. It's a healthy group of people right, in relationship with God and relationship together living from this place where we authentically get what it means to be children of God. Not super spiritual, but just it is what it is. We're a child of God, and that affects everything. Where it's not just this religious concept, but we get real, and we actually live like the family of God. Everything else flows out of that place. It has to be our starting point. The presence has to be our starting point. Pursuit of his presence. Because only in him will we discover what it means, like the verse says, for us to have been given the right to become children of God. Adopted. Adopted into the family of God. It impacts everything. There's no safer or more secure place for a church for a church family to exist or grow in the one where we really see our shared identity as his family and that each of us are called child of God each of us are called God's child you know you won't see each other as the world sees you you won't see each other as your past maybe says that you are you won't even see each other as maybe you deserve to be seen You'll see each other with his eyes through the lens of love and grace. Children of God, other kids of God. Seeing each other and ourselves as God's family first impacts all these other things that concern this vision of family that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay out. You'll see other, thing, other things that are on our heart to do with family, but actually unless we start here... The power's not there for that. The, the perspective isn't there for that. We, we approach it from a wrong place, not from a place from his presence, but from our own ability, from our own, from our own perspective. Maybe the next level down, the, the next thing we begin to see in family is the family of the physical church, right? The community, the church community. It's my hope and prayer that everybody who comes into Destiny Church finds genuine family, finds genuine community, that, that, that they feel loved, you know, like cherishing relationships, valuing relationships. That it wouldn't be a cliche, that it wouldn't be this kind of religious pretense where we all pretend we're fine on a Sunday, smile and then don't speak to each other and then see each other next week. And as church grows, sometimes you don't see each other through the week, right? But that we have this genuine family that, that creates a community that touches all areas of, their, of our lives. That it's not just a nice vision, but that it is an experienced reality. That we live like family. And the test for that comes when it's difficult, when it's inconvenient, when actually you've got to sacrifice something because you love that other person more than what's going on in your sphere. And I think it's a challenge for us in Hong Kong because, sorry, I don't have enough time. don't have enough time. Time's the thing that's always stolen. But that's the heart, guys. And speaking to so many folks who've joined the church over the last year, I'm so encouraged because so many people say, it felt just like family. I felt so at home. And that's so encouraging to me because, you know, it shows that, this stuff that God's calling out in us is coming about. Praise God that's been people's experience. And I encourage you guys to live that culture. Live that culture of love for others, even when it's inconvenient, but not as a goal to build community. Not as a goal to build community. I'll speak to this a little bit. But rather 
as an expression of the life that you've come to in Christ, that you've now been given the right to be called child of God. You've been loved and you've experienced his love and you love in the same way. That the spiritual reality that we have been made the family of God is reflected in our physical life here. It's completely reflected that we'd be like a mirror, that we are family that we are family, not a metaphor for the church, but that we are family. And he's our dad. So my heart is that people coming into this place are going to feel like they're coming into the family of God, not just a bunch of people who get along really well, but they're coming into the family of God. We're not creating community, right? There was a while that was a bit of a buzzword, make community. You know, we're not actually, you'll notice in everything I've said, we're not even focused on community. I believe that when you focus on community, you may end up with something nice, but so often those kind of things, they never actually last. It's man-made. It's in our own strength and it doesn't, they doesn't flow out. But actually when we focus on him, when we focus on God and we focus on the things he's calling us to, this shared endeavor that we're going into, this love that we share, not because necessarily even that we're even that lovely, but that we see how lovely each other are because we see how he loves each of us. That we get drawn into that place because we're family and then community is something that forms through that. A community that's so out of this world incredible because we weren't focused on it, we were focused on him. When we focus on God, the King first, the thing he's called us to, we're going to discover it. So understanding our identity as his family first means that we get what it means to live in covenant relationship together. He poured out his life for us, didn't he? He poured out Jesus Christ, poured out his life for us. He made a covenant with us, with his blood. He covers our weaknesses. He covers our inabilities without any thought of getting any reciprocation. We could never pay Christ back, could we? We could never pay him back, ever, ever. It's that selfless covenanting relationship that we reflect to each other. It's that, that even though it may just be a small, dim reflection of how much Christ has loved us, it's that that we reflect to each other, that laying down of everything for each other. We serve each other. We support each other. When Jess and I had, had the twins, we were just blown away by just how much people just poured themselves out for us in practical ways. But more than just those kind of practical, hands-on kind of ways, it, it's also the church itself. The, the kind of church gatherings rather itself. As we grow, in order to grow into this vision that to see more people saved, to see people coming into the kingdom, to see things impacted, we're going to need people to step up. We're going to need more people to, to serve. And actually, I really thank you guys because so many people do come to me and say, hey, James, can we serve in something? We'd love to serve in something. And we're, we're still in that stage. So we don't have like bucket loads of different things to do. And potentially, touching on the thing I mentioned right at the beginning, there may be certain visions you've got that you've been waiting for a forum, a place like the church that can launch your vision forward. Some of you guys know about our small accountability groups. We did a kind of soft launch at the end of last year. We'll be kind of re-energizing them this year because only, only some folks got involved. But these, these are for us all. These are for us all in small groups to disciple each other, to challenge each other, to sharpen each other. Those groups fundamentally are so that you can bless somebody else in the church so you can bless someone else you're going to be blessed as well that happens right but they're not a little kind of midweek add-on like optional kind of add-on to stuff that goes on in church so that maybe you can get something and take it away we're not about getting stuff we're about giving stuff See, when we really launch these guys it's so important that we don't see them as this kind of little optional extra that 
we engage in them and do them. And I'm, I know how hard life in Hong Kong is, and I'm going, we're going to make them as accessible and as flexible as possible. But us, please prioritize them because it's not when not going to them isn't this. Ah, oh, it's okay. I don't think I need that. It's not about you. It's about who you can bless in that place. And I guarantee you, we blessed in turn. It's family, isn't it? It's family. Even on Sundays, I know sometimes stuff comes up and it can be hard, and there's maybe seasons that are busier. But please prioritize gathering together to worship Him. To I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Do you come to church asking God to bless someone through you? Do you come to church engaging, being like, God, do you have a word for me to share with somebody? Do you have a word for me to share with someone? Is there someone in church that you need to use me to bless them? Maybe it's financially. Maybe it's taking them out for something, whatever. Are we engaging before church to see, is there somebody else there? Because actually, maybe you not being there the, the, blessing, the blessing isn't there. Church isn't a place that we come and just, just to get some stuff and then go home. It's a place where we come to share, to be. That's why we always go for food afterwards. Understanding that we're the family of God spiritually, guys, has to impact how we as a group of people live. I think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. It, it's, it's a beauty that people outside the church, when they when they see it, she say, that's incredible. That's nuts. I want to be part of that. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Remember the verse, John 13, 35. It says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, there are plenty of groups of people on the earth who love each other, but this isn't speaking about a group of people that love each other in their own strength. It's speaking about a group of people who are in the presence of God and loving each other like that. That family love culture in the church starts when we realize that we're the family of God. We see each other as child of God. And that love flows. That same love and grace that we've experienced from the Father flows. But guys, just kind of drawing into a bit of an end here. The um, family of God isn't an island the family of God isn't an island. It's not a castle with a drawbridge that we kind of pull up. It doesn't exist to bless itself. That we as the church exist to be a blessing. We're called to be in the world, but not of the world. Remember, God the Father sends his son into the world. And then after we're adopted into the family of God, we become children of God co-heirs with Christ. And after that, we are in turn sent out. We're sent out into the world by our elder brother, by our king, by Christ. As the Father sent me, I send you. We're the church. We'll talk, speak about this more next week in Harbour. It's about going out, having an open mouth. We are the church in society. The family of God in the culture, the family of God, in the wider community that we're part of. When we realize that we're not just another organization, but we are the family of God here in this place, at this time, it reframes our whole perspective. It reframes everything. What authority we've been given. We know that. We've been looking at it this past weeks. You're a child of God. What responsibility and mandate you have you're a child of God. We aren't on this earth to wait around until we die and then get to go to heaven, okay? It's not the point. We're here to see the kingdom come. We're here to see the kingdom come. Hong Kong needs Destiny Church Hong Kong because Hong Kong needs relevant, authentic, significant churches that plant churches that will see the kingdom come. See, if we doubt our calling or ability to see the things of God transform our local worlds, then there's, we've missed something. We've missed something of what it means to be the family of God, the child of God here. 
No one else has been given this mandate, have they? No one else has been given the mandate or authority to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to prophesy, speak God's heart into situations, to bring wisdom into situations, that the world would seek out the family of God for the goodness of the Father that flows out through them. That would be awesome. See, I want to see folk who have no hope left coming in here because they've heard of a people. They've heard of a people who are the family of God, who see blind eyes open, sickness destroyed, hope coming to the hopeless, wisdom for the breakthrough that they need for that problem they've got in their life, that sozo life flowing out these doors into the community, that we would say on certain things that we see happening, your kingdom has come, the kingdom's come. So guys, as we journey into this vision of being family, I believe Destiny Church Hong Kong is going to see incredible breakthrough in the lives of people, in the lives of people's relationships, in the lives of people's family relationships, in the lives of how people just are living out their relational lives. God loves families, doesn't he? He puts people in families. Otherwise, babies would just suddenly appear from a tree or something. God loves families families and he puts us in families the biggest issues of the world come from broken relationships maybe it's an indirect cause but it's broken relationships cause so much issue as a church as the family of God an area I believe he's really calling us to pray for to champion to impact in the city to have a focus on is this area of family and the many facets around that is it's very large it's very all-encompassing in a sense but maybe some of the things I'm speaking about things like marriage that we would see marriages restored that we'd see people who are setting out on marriage as they set out on marriage that they would be building on super strong foundations things like parenting fatherhood motherhood we want to see strong parents incredible incredible parents supported and equipped to raise strong amazing kids we want to see beautiful multi-generational relationships between parents and children. Adoption. We want to support and champion adoption. We've been adopted by, by God. Right? We're God's family. We are God's family. We've been adopted by God. We've got a mandate. We're the only people on the planet with a mandate to care for the orphan and the widow. Care for those who are destitute. We want to see kids adopted, right? Sure, definitely. But we also want to see the lonely adopted. People who are just so alone. We want to see this whole, all of life, fullness in people's relationships coming back. And lastly, our vision for family means. I really believe it means we're going to see some incredible things to do with children and youth, both in the church and outside the church. And I know so many of you guys here, and especially many of you guys who've been here for a long time, that you're teachers, that you're passionate about seeing young people built up, become all that they can be. That's the heart. There's a heart, I believe, in the church of that, that we want to see a young generation generation of young people with this powerful deep close relationship with God I love the quote from one of the things I think comes out of Bethel that, that one of these guys said that there isn't a, a junior Holy Spirit there's not a junior Holy Spirit it's the same Holy Spirit the kids get right? imagine a generation of young people who are sold out and confident in God going into ministry going into business being being stay-at-home mums whatever it is starting their own enterprises being teachers themselves that's world changing that's city changing and as the family of God this heart to see these kids transform a city in the coming generations is central to our heart as well so guys I want to invite you to embrace this part of the vision family okay family if you're new to the church and you're like, ah, oh, okay, I didn't realize that was the vision. If you're new to the church, join us on the journey. Join us on the journey. 
if you're listening to this maybe on the podcast, I've got a big challenge for you. If this has been speaking to your heart, when I was prepping, I felt God say this, challenge them to come to Hong Kong. You know, people come to Hong Kong from all over the world for a job. This is world changing, okay? Not just life changing, but this is world changing. This is city changing. If that's you and God's been speaking to you in this, move to Hong Kong. Send me a message on the Destiny Church, destinychurch.hk. It's the website. I'm not joking. Do it. We'll know you have courageous, radical faith because we're not going to pay you. So, come. (laughs) Guys, if you take one thing away from today, remember that word family and that the core of it is that we would know and live as the family of God here in Hong Kong and that's that's going to affect everything else that our primary thing is being in his presence if you're not part of this church and you're just here today and visiting I encourage you if something else has been paramount in your heart if you've been pursuing something more than him rejig the order of things let him be the focus he he is the one he is he is the great one pursue him first pursue the king first pursue king jesus first and in that you'll be pursuing the kingdom and his righteousness that you discover in him and your whole world will shift and as a church guys we gotta live like that where we just want him first, where we see him first, where we see others in the church and outside the church through his eyes. So guys, we're just going to take some time to respond. Guys, please pray, close your eyes. This is just a response time before we go into our last song. This is a, a response time where you can just call out to God. Maybe it's to do with this vision. Maybe it's God's just spoken to you about something completely different. Maybe you guys have got something going on in your family and you weren't sure whether God really cared. He cares. He loves families. Maybe there's some stuff I've shared with you today which has really excited you or challenged you. Just bring that to God now. I also want to say, look, if you're here today or you're listening on the podcast and you're thinking, Oh man, I am, I've never said yes to Jesus. I don't, I've never pursued him. I'm not a child of God. I, I'm not in God's family. I need that though. I want that though. The, the good news is there is nothing that you could ever do or do to earn that. It's a free gift that you've been given. It's a free gift that's available to you, that Jesus paid the price for your sin on the cross so that in him and because of him, you could be a child of God. You could come into the presence of God. That when God looks at you, he doesn't see your failures and your mess ups, but he sees you as he sees his son. He sees, he sees your, your righteousness as the righteousness of Christ. That you're right before the Father. If you want that today, Just pray this after me. Pray this after me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for paying for my sin. For taking God's wrath upon yourself. That you, Jesus, that you have made me a child of God. I choose to follow you today. I choose to make you my king today. Come into my life and fill me afresh. Amen. If that was you and you prayed that here, come and speak to me afterwards. Tell me. And if you pray you listen to the podcast and you prayed that send us a message communicate we'd love to speak with you we'd love to pray with you we can help you connect with the church where where you're based because if you're here today and you've got an issue with your identity as a child of god you know you, you're a, you believe in jesus you love him but you've just got this identity issue it's like i just don't believe i i'm worthy i don't believe i could be a child of god If you've got an issue with fully believing that he says that you're pure and perfect and dearly loved, that you dearly loved, that you are amazing, 
that you're worth it. If you've got an issue with your identity as a child of God, just take some time just now and ask God to show you how he sees you. We all need to see ourselves as he sees us because then we're released to see others as he sees them. And then we'll begin to understand what it means to be the family of God. Community of people focused on him, surrounded with the love of the Father. Holy Spirit, I just pray that as we go into this last song, that you would work in each of our hearts, Lord, Lord, that you would speak just that deep reality of what of us being your kids, of us being, of you being Daddy God. Lord, that, that we would see you in that way. Oh, God. That we would see your goodness, Lord. Lord, that our entire lives, Father God, would be impacted, God. That the way we... The, the way we live, God, the way we live when we step out of this place would just be in a different, a different level, in another place, God. Holy Spirit, just come now, fill this place, minister to us just now. In your mighty name, God. Amen.